Are veggie straws a healthy snack? They are. Is it something yes. we should try? You could try them. You will not like them. But Rowan does. So has he? Have we had them? Yes, he has. You will not like them. I promise you. Okay, they're on a rollback on Walmart, so I'm going <laughs> to get them. <laughs> we'll, Perfect. We'll, we'll test them out. Why won't I like them? What, what's what's wrong with them? Nothing. You're going to love them. They're going to be great. Now, uh, go back. <laughs> go back. Why why am I not going to like them? Because I know you and your discerning palate. Do they taste bad? Is there a weird texture to that? What's wrong with them? Have you ever eaten a pool noodle? I don't think so. Mm, well, you can. Interesting. Good morning. Welcome to the first episode of This Morning with her having coffee. I'm Sydney Hovis. I'm here with my husband, Ryan Hovis. Good morning. Thanks for joining me at the dining room table. You know, I didn't think I was going to be able to fit it in my schedule, but I moved around some meetings last minute and here I am at the dining room table or the studio, the office, whatever we're going to call this half of the table. <laughs> one the half working half is for eating. One half is for business. So our dining room is like a mullet. That is the most accurate way. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you consider the, the, this business portion to be the back of the mullet. No, it would be the front of the mullet. Because mm. business is the front party in the back. That's how mullets go, right? Right. I've never had a mullet. Good. <laughs> I knew I didn't marry you for nothing. <laughs> what did you marry me for? <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss that in another episode. What were those meetings that you had to move around? I, I was scheduled to play a doctor for a little while. Um, maybe some race cars, a few dinosaurs. But I had to make time for this. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. This is the first podcast that we've done. And this is something that we've talked about doing for quite a few years now. Quite a few years, indeed. Well, was it two years ago that I bought the picture that's hanging behind us here? It says, this morning, with her having coffee, Johnny Cash's quote when asked for his description of paradise. And I bought it because I thought you would really like it. And uh, I did. did. But, oh. Excuse me. Oh. <laughs> How about I speak for myself? I was wrong. Sorry. <laughs> I did. And it inspired the idea of us having a morning podcast. I did. And we, it's something we've talked about for a long time. And here we are. So I thought that this was a great first podcast to start with for the Sydney Hovis Media Company. I have a few ideas for a few other podcasts that we're going to be doing, but I thought that this was a great place to start. A nice introduction, if you will. Why do you sound so professional there? How do you want me to sound? I don't know. Like you. I have to play. I have a role to play here. Okay. Oh, is it doctor or race car driver? Or I mean, we could play doctor. Podcaster. We can go play doctor if you <laughs> Serious, man. Don't be so professional, but be more serious. <laughs> a lot of demands. Oh, you know, that's me, though. Oh, you don't have to tell me that. I live with it. I married it. Four years on Saturday. That's right. December 10th. Four years married. How about that? What are we going to do on Saturday? Parent. <laughs> Probably play doctor, some race cars, <laughs> dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Oh, run circles around the island. Yeah. 
So for those of you who aren't familiar with us, we are a family of five. We have three children. Ren is our oldest. He's four. Rowan is our middle child. He's two. And Candles is our youngest. He is nine months old. Almost ten months. You wouldn't know it looking at those thighs, though. He's a very (laughs) thick baby. The other day, I was up on a ladder painting, trying to get this damn living room painted. Again. Again. And heard from the other side of the room where the baby was. One, two, three. And I almost fell off of the ladder. Because the other kids weren't home. So it was definitely the baby who counted to three. Our nine-month-old. Now, I didn't hear this, so I, I can't confirm your story. I can't deny it either, but... Mm, yes, well... I wouldn't put it past him. He's very astute. He doesn't miss a thing. I'm so proud of our children. I really am. Ren's vocabulary stuns everybody that he talks to. I mean, he was, at three years old, was saying, like, oh, this is a catastrophe. <laughs> To him, everything's a catastrophe, though, so... (laughs) He can be Um, a little dramatic. The other morning, he told me that Candles was having a pants-tastrophe because his (laughs) pants were unsnapped. And Rowan is really starting to talk a lot more. It's amazing. He's He's really coming along. Well, he's been in speech therapy for about, what, three months now? Three? It's December. Hmm. Two months? I can't tell if you're being serious. That was like... At least August when he started, no? If not July? Not speech. We added speech later on. Well, we, we added speech later on, but he's been like occupational therapy, right. physical therapy, then we added speech therapy. Right. But he's been in therapies for months now. Right, but we're really starting to see a difference now, and I think the speech is really helping. I mean, before he was only saying a handful of words. I know, I, I told him to go sit at the table, and he was like, okay, daddy. <laughs> I love that he's able to respond to us now. He is even answering to his name about half of the time now, where you say Rowan, and he'll go, what? And it's definitely making it easier on Ren. They're able to communicate a little bit easier now, because before he would just have grunts or dinosaur roars, and you can't really (laughs) decipher a whole lot out of those. No, it was was very difficult. But I'm really pleased with the progress that he has been making, and that we've all been making and dealing with each other. We've come a long way. So last night, I probably went to bed around like midnight. I think it was like two o'clock in the morning. Rowan couldn't get out. I think the door was shut too hard. And uh, so he started crying because he was like, oh, I can't get out. Where's where's my mommy? Where's my daddy? So I went in there. It took him a while, but he he went back to bed. And then around six o'clock in the morning, he started the slow crawl out of the bed and I'd grab him and I'd put him back and he wouldn't say anything. Then he would start the slow crawl of trying to leave and I'd grab him and I'd put him back. And he did a few and then he started crying about it. And then I was like, ah screw it, just bye. I will say when I'm laying in his bed and he's gone and I'm just laying there like I'm so tired. It's just another I don't want to say short night, short sleep, long night, I guess. And then you remotely turn the sound machine off, I get mad. <laughs> I get, I get mad. <laughs> the feeling of anger comes over me. You know? Just like, that bitch. <laughs> how else do I alert you that it's time to get your ass up and come get him? Well, that's how I know you're not going to get up. Because sometimes <laughs> there's that chance of like, you're going to get up. 
So yeah, when, some... when that sound machine remotely goes off, <laughs> I, I don't know if you do already. I'm sure you will from now on. Have a little smirk on your face. <laughs> like, hey, hey, hey. That's but, some parenting passive aggression right yeah, there. When it turns off, uh, I, I get fucking mad. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, you can imagine the smirk on my face. It better not be. Apple honey, I love you. <laughs> She's going to speak into the mic here in a second. <laughs> Anyway, we have a special guest with us today. Her name is Apple Hovis. No middle name. We're just lucky she has a first name. It took well, a while. It did. It did. We, we couldn't settle on a name. Uh, Ren eventually named her Apple. We believe that it's because Grandma was calling her asshole. But hey, Apple's a little cuter. She was very difficult as a puppy. She was. She's the best dog now. But She is. She really is. She's a now her... I guess we could say sister or companion. Olive. Apple and Olive. Olive is not... She doesn't have anything upstairs. She's not the goodest girl. Apple's the goodest girl. Olive is not. No, she's... I can't think of the right word. She's uh, a... pain in the ass. Yes. Mm. Yeah, she still seals food and occasionally... Toys. Bluey became a paraplegic the other day when Olive chewed off all of her limbs. But we love them anyway. Right. They are our dogs. Go lay down. She didn't like that. You gotta pick her up and hold her. So there's only one thing I want for Christmas. You? Mm-hmm. What I want for Christmas is you. Well, it's you, not me. What do you, would you like for Christmas? What do you want? You know that travel mug that I had? It was white. It was a Contigo travel mug where it had a button. Press the button and the coffee dispensed. Yeah, what happened to that? Well, you see, as I tend to do, I left it somewhere for quite a while, and it got quite disgusting. And I cleaned it many, many, many a times when it was quite disgusting, but this time, it was moldy. And where was it that you left it? I don't remember. You don't remember where you left it? I, it was in the garage or something. Y- so, you have a tendency to take uh, drinks and leave them in the car, and then after you've left them in the car take them out and just sit them somewhere in the garage (laughs) and leave them there. Okay, well, you know why? That's because when I get in the car to go somewhere, then I realize that it's still sitting there. So I take it out of the car and I leave it in the garage because I don't want to take it with me. You know what you could do? Well. Here, let me tell you what you could do. Well, if I have my shoes on, then I don't want to walk back into the house. Here's what you could do. All right, listening. You open the garage door, because you're going to be leaving. You're going to have to open that garage door anyways. And then you're going to take the drink, and you're just going to throw it out into our yard. The liquid. And then take the cup and put it in the trash. There is a trash can in our garage. You do Mm. know that. Yeah, but this is a reusable cup, so I'm not throwing it away. This one is. The one sitting on the step going into (laughs) the house from the garage? That's not one. Mm. Well. So what's your excuse with that one that's been sitting there? Because I've seen it. It's very easy to How see. I put it there. I didn't put it there. I, I don't there. drink Dunkin' iced coffees. Maybe it was intended for the garbage. Mm. It was so close. It almost made it. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like six inches from from the, the garbage. Just didn't get there. Just didn't make it. Just didn't make it. Mm. So a Contigo cup. That's. That's what I want. Does it have to be that brand? You just want a, a cup with a button. Well, I like that one. Yeah, if only you cleaned it more. <laughs> really, I cleaned it that one time, then it got really bad. Or 
<laughs> or uh, if you just cleaned it when you come home with it. You just dump whatever's left out, rinse it a little bit in the, in the water in the sink, and then put it in the dishwasher. Just like that. Old habits. They die hard, man. I don't know what to tell you. No. They just don't die. <laughs> That's what happens. Well, my cup did, so. Better your cup than the habit, I suppose. I had that cup for a really long time, okay? And where where's the bad rabbit cup? Oh, that one's in the cup. Mm, okay. And how long do you plan on leaving it there? When am I going somewhere next? Soon. Somewhere soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, a cup. Anything else? Um... No, I think that's all I want. Fascinating. I just, I don't want junk. I'm so tired of all the junk. I don't want junk either. I, I don't want anything new. <laughs> that's, that's the, you know, I don't, I don't want anything additional than what was already in our house. Mm -hmm. Unless it was like an Xbox or something, but like that's, it's out of the question. Other than that. Like, what I, would you do with an Xbox? Collect dust in it? Oh, no, that's right. You do play Xbox at night after everybody's gone to bed and then you complain in the morning about how you're so tired. You will go to bed at 9 p.m., wake up at like 8 a.m. and be like, oh, I'm so, I'm so tired. I don't know how you how you do it. Meanwhile, I will sleep like four hours, like every night. I'll sleep like four, maybe five. There's a slim chance that there's six. Slim. It's not nine to eight every night. No. It's true. No, not every night. No. Not every night. I don't get great sleep. Like you said, Cantos doesn't need to be up, but he sure fucking does. <laughs> so he's up and down all night. Yeah, for team he, effort here. It, it, it certainly is. And, you know, it, sometimes we just have to remind ourselves it's the same team. <laughs> We're on the, the same same jerseys. You know, gotta have different numbers, but the jerseys are the same. Right. I thought you were playing footsies with me. It was the dog. Yeah, I don't like you enough. That's, I was very confused. And I was like, she's touching me willingly? What is going on here? <laughs> nope, it was the dog. Oh, hey, man. After three kids, I just don't want anybody to do that to me. It's like, you know, we get them to bed and I'm like, ugh, freedom. I don't have one attached to my leg. There's not one attached to my hip at the moment. It's it's nice. Oh, yeah, I get them to climb up the arm. They're like spiders or something. <laughs> they're pretending to be shoes. They're, they're climbing mm. onto my legs, crawling up my arms. Yeah. Ripping at my neck. My neck gets sore, man. It's funny because, you know, my Uncle Steve used to have these games that he would play with us. One was where he would put his feet up on the ottoman and he would be a bridge and you had to walk across the rickety bridge. And, of course, there were crocodiles in the water underneath. And oh, how do you pull that you off? To make it, well, they were pretend. You had to have a good uh, imagination. I did not. You still don't. I know. I'm really bad at it. But it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. The other day, Rand came up with this game, and he was going to walk across the bridge, and there was lava on the floor, and made us put our legs on the ottoman, and he walked across. We were the rickety old bridge, and of course, Rowan was right behind him. Yeah, but he, he doesn't understand the concept. He just start, yeah. he just laid on my legs. Yeah. He was just like, well, this is a spot. But still, it's funny how these old games uh, come back in style. Everything comes back in style. You know what doesn't come back in style? Any of the 6,000 fucking toys in our house. I was going to say racism, but... Uh, oh, that either. <laughs> <laughs> do you know... The Muffin Man. I do not know the Muffin Man. Mm. Do you know where honey comes from? This is a fun conversation that we had the other day. Yes, it certainly... It, I wouldn't know if it was funny. It was interesting, though. Where honey actually comes from. 
So tell the listeners, where does honey come from? Well, you see, it, it comes from bees, and that's kind of where the mainstream knowledge usually right, stops. It's a, is that it's a bee byproduct. Right. You know, bees just... Make honey. Collecting pollen, pollinating flowers, and then, you know, you get honey. But how? Well, you see, bees eat the feces of aphids, and they will throw up what becomes honey mm-hmm. following their dinners yum yum now if we just ruined honey for everyone we apologize but super interesting super interesting topic yeah yeah i not something i was familiar with other than bees now what's interesting though is that bees also um poop they do you don't you know it's not something you really think about but just like the book says Everybody poops. Including bees. And if they get a bellyache. They poop more frequently. (laughs) See, we talk about science and other things here. Yes, so the more you know. I feel like I wish I knew less about that, but can't remove the knowledge just yet. As do I. I haven't been able to eat honey in like a week, so. Anywho. Ren is now sort of potty trained. Sort of. We're still sort of. there's still some accidents, but I mean he he's once again rounding the corner on being potty trained. Hmm. There's been several other instances where we've started to almost get there, and then he's you know, turned back, but we're once again coming around that corner. Yeah, I never would have thought that at four years old we would still be potty training. Yeah, he's stubborn. He's stubborn. We now have a poop jar, similar to a swear jar, in which Pop Pop gives him five dollars every time. Bribing him early, you know, bribery is a foundation. I mean, you must be uh, training him to be a politician, mm. you know, learning to take bribes. Mm. Well, one of us has to be a good one in this house at some point. Look no further. <laughs> I, I am an elected official. Mm. If you didn't know. You know, sometimes I forget that. Can't you <laughs> I think a lot of people do. <laughs> no, yeah, we're very I, proud of you. When I went to the, the borough building this morning, I was knocking on the door. And they had to come around to the little window. She's like, how can I help you? I was like, uh, well, I just needed to get some login information. She's like, oh, you're Ryan. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. So you didn't know who I was this whole conversation beforehand. She's like, oh, you're Ryan. Sorry. But yes, you know, I, I was the family's first politician here. I ran for office first. Might not have gotten as much attention, but I did run first. What are you talking about? You got way more attention than I do. I had three yard signs. <laughs> I, I think you had 1,200. Yeah. I had three. Well, should have taken note. <laughs> I don't think that would have been a winning strategy. Hmm. Yes, well... We are very proud of you, our councilman. That's right. Say it with some... Mm. Yeah. Well, I ran for state senate. I lost. How does it make you feel? I'm certain that there's a lot that I will say about the process, but I'm still here. I'm still here to talk about it. It's a very interesting time. It's a very interesting time for sure. It was a long couple of months there. It was a very long couple of months. I decided to get into the race right before the primary, two weeks before the primary. 
And we were actually headed for the zoo that day. We were. And as I was getting the kids together and we were trying to pack them into the car, you received a phone call. I did. Uh, it was uh, some encouragement to do a write-in campaign. Yeah, you and stepped away to answer a phone call as I was getting them ready. You came back and said, all right, let's go to the zoo. You said, I'm going to run for state senate. <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, I knew that that was going to be our last day of normalcy, if you can call it that. And we did. We had a really nice day at the zoo. It was May. It was a nice Yeah, there was a nice, nice uh, weather. polar bear pacing around in a circle. Not like crazy or deranged at all. It was just Losing circling. all of its fur and... In Pittsburgh in the 60 degree heat. <laughs> the aquarium was nice though. The Love the aquarium. Nice. Polar bear exhibit. Maybe not the best to take your family. <laughs> One thing that really disappointed me is that the party is not equipped or willing to win every race. And state party is what you're referring to at this time? Or state, yes. But locally, there is a a major deficit. There are a lot less Democrats out here, surely. Um, But also, I heard several times people who would say, oh, I donated to the state, or this is the one that gets me. Oh, I donated to the DNC. And, you know, they're really not helping us out here. We will never see a penny of it. We will never see a penny of it. And these are people who have a lot of not nice things to say about Reagan and trickle-down economics, but think that, hey, if they donate to the state party or the DNC, that uh, somehow it's helping candidates like me, and so I should be in their debt. That's not true at all, because if you're not helping your local party, if you're not helping your local candidates, then nobody is. That's the truth. Especially in what they consider very red areas. Well, if it's unwinnable on paper, then we're not going to get the help. Right, so why bother? And quite honestly, I ran the whole campaign myself. And that's not to say that I didn't have a lot of support. I hear you had a schedule. I had a a lot of volunteers. I had a lot of people who very much wanted to see me be elected. But I didn't have the means or the funds to run a full campaign. Right, there, there was no team. There was no HQ or anything like that. You know, we were here in our home, mostly, you know, after the kids go to bed. You know, you're making graphics and putting your posts together and designing t-shirts that we also printed right in our own house. (laughs) We're very resourceful people. If we weren't, then we certainly couldn't have done this. No, I mean, we did everything, almost everything that we could in-house. And for that reason, I'm incredibly proud of the campaign that I ran. As you should be. I'm proud of you. Thank you. No matter how condescending I make it sound. (laughs) Well, thank you. I just, uh, you know, what could I have done with money behind me? We'll probably never know. No, but it's interesting to think about. Next time, if there is a next time, I just hope the powers that be will look kindly upon us. We'll see if there's a next time. Who knows? I don't predict the future. I mean, if you would have told me last Christmas, like, hey, you know, you're going to go run for state senate. I'd probably be like, no, I don't believe that. (laughs) I mean, I probably could have believed it, but I didn't think it probably would have happened. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't have thought that. You know, I I had thought about running for something at times. There, There was some discussion between you and I. 
about the possibility of, of something, but... But we always came back to it and said, nah. Right. I mean, you were pregnant at the time. We only we had... We had a baby in February. Right. But I'm sure we'll unpack all of the campaign things at a later point. On election day, I had poll workers out working the polls. And one poll worker called me and I was talking to him. And during the conversation, someone who had voted came out and asked my poll worker what my position on abortion was. And he described to him, well, it's not a black and white issue. And the gentleman said, yes, it is. And my poll worker said, well, you already voted, so what does it matter? And the gentleman said, because I want to know. And he said, well, imagine your wife is pregnant and finds out that she has a health issue such as cancer and needs to begin treatment. However, if she begins treatment, it will result in the loss of the pregnancy. Would you have your wife receive treatment and live? Or would you have her not receive treatment and both her and the baby die? And the gentleman said, well, I guess my wife would have to die then. That under no circumstances, even if his wife's life was in danger, would that man allow his wife to have an abortion? That's scary. And that is why Democrats are losing out here. Because people are so stuck on this one issue. Now, of course, he didn't ask him whether or not he loved the wife. I mean, I guess that could be a part of it. I imagine that that answer would probably be a no. <laughs> I just, I, so death do they part. And apparently death can't come soon enough for them, I guess. That kind of thinking, I just can't comprehend how someone could believe that. How someone can be okay with orphaning children because they don't want women to have abortions. Right. I mean, in the same scenario, you know, they could already have children. They could already... Right. And it'd be like, well, sorry, mom's got to go. If that's, if that's the will of the divine, she's got to go, then she's got to go. You know, we don't... Believe in medical intervention. <laughs> I mean, that's just... I, I couldn't imagine thinking that way. Like, it's barbaric. I, it is, and it, but it, it does make me wonder what else they think about in that kind of headspace, you know? Like, what other bad opinions do they have? What is scary to me is that people are saying that we're going to outlaw abortion, we're going to criminalize abortion. But medically, the term for a miscarriage is a spontaneous abortion. And it does scare me that... If that's the verbiage that we're using, and if that's the verbiage that lawmakers, like in Pennsylvania, where we have a 70% male legislature, if that's the verbiage that they're writing in to say that we're going to criminalize abortion, well, that's also a process that happens naturally. And that's a term for a process that happens naturally. That's not a distinction between abortion and miscarriage. And what scares me is that we will be entering a world where we're going to be investigating and criminalizing miscarriages. And that's what a lot of these women who are voting anti-abortion maybe don't understand. Right. I mean, there's a, a lot more to it than the idea that you have a woman getting pregnant accidentally, being like, nope, don't want it. And having an abortion. 
you know, there's many, many more scenarios than just that one that they want to hold on to. Right. And I mean, what kind of a world are we going to create if that's what we're doing is putting women on trial? And that's really what women mean when they say that they don't want men making laws regarding their bodies is that if they don't even have the verbiage correct, then how are we supposed to trust that we're not going to be prosecuted for a process that happens naturally to many, many, many women. Yeah, it's scary to think what could become. How many giant leaps backwards that we'd be taking. It's a lot of misinformation. Which I, I think, thankfully, here in Pennsylvania, you know, that's something we don't need to worry about for some little amount of time. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> Because the legislature is trying, putting it on the ballot for next year. So, the battle isn't won just yet. The fight isn't over. I wasn't aware of that. That's interesting. Is it have to deal with if there's a constitutional right to abortion? Mm, It does. Or if there's uh, taxpayer money that is not allowed for abortions? No, this would be the uh, constitutional right to an abortion. Which... You know, our state senator, who I ran against, and, and I don't want to rehash the election, but he's the one who helped to sponsor this bill, which says that there is no right to an abortion, which, again, <laughs> if you're talking about the medical term, there's no right to have a miscarriage. I don't know. I, I think I have faith in Pennsylvania, especially after this last election, that there's more people who are willing to do the right thing. Well, the state is trending blue. Right, and it'd be a statewide vote. Right. So I I think, especially after this election, I definitely have a lot more confidence in Pennsylvania as solidifying itself as being closer to a blue state. I mean, Josh Shapiro won by 15 points. But, you know, we have plenty of time to talk about the things that I've learned and gained from this election, and that's what I really see it as you know i have a growth mindset i don't see things as a end but rather as a springboard i mean that's the inspiration that's the inspiration behind doing this doing other shows that are in the works to keep moving forward and to keep talking to people and to keep momentum moving in this area we do have a major lack of voices out here we're not being heard we're not being listened to and i hear that from all kinds of people it's not just democrats you know i really did reach a lot of people across the aisle and maybe the results didn't reflect that but anyone who would sit down and talk with me i think came away knowing that we might have different letters next to our names but we see things in the same light and that's what's so important to me well right because when you think of a D or an R, you automatically think of national issues. You think of stereotypes. And just because we're Democrats doesn't mean that we're trying to take away guns from people. It doesn't mean a lot of things. Just like, just because you have an R next to your name doesn't mean that you thought January 6th was cool. 
<laughs> True. And, and that is really important. You know, I, I think that there were many times where I respected the Republican Party and I grew up with Republicans. That's not the issue. My issue has been the last few years and since 2016, 2015, 2014, I have a lot of problems with what the Republican Party became and what it stood for. And yesterday, Trump said that we should just suspend the Constitution, just terminate the Constitution. Does he even have any idea what those words mean? Or how terrifying that should sound? Republicans want people to be afraid of the word socialism, but yet they're not afraid of their possible once again leader saying let's just suspend the constitution that's terrifying it's unthinkable i mean the word socialism is also awful the word communism is awful but they say those things and they don't have any actual meaning to them but the fact that the former president and possibly once again candidate for president wants to terminate the constitution which is terrifying it's unconscionable. But you are speaking about the guy who said that he could you walk out in the street and shoot somebody and nobody would care. Sure, but Republicans are defending him saying, well, he can't do it anyway. That's their defense. And it's a terrible defense. How do you defend the defenseless? It's I, I'm not sure anyone with as much political power as him has ever said such a stupid thing before <laughs> it is stupid it's just, really, that's just that constitution know, we've had for all of our existence don't need it <laughs> i have so much love and respect for our nation and our constitution and the thought behind all of it i have spent hours of my life reading and dissecting it and the thought of someone coming along and saying Ah, fuck that. Makes me angry to my core. And it's not just that he's said it. It's that, you know, people are defending it. They can't just come out and be like, oh, no, that's f fucking crazy. <laughs> like, we can't do that. I don't know why he would say that. They're just like, well, I mean, the guy can't do it. He can't harm anything. So, you know, what's it hurt to just say support it? the guy who says things, even though he can't do them anyway. Like, hollow promises. Sure, that's what we're all about. And that's the Republican Party today. And it's scary. And it's sad. It's sad. It's pathetic. That the party of Lincoln and that the party of abolitionists and that the party of the Union, that well, the party of people like Eisenhower. Well, it's just like if we were to sit here and I said, I'm going to make threats against Alaska. Like, well, he's not in Alaska. Like, he's pretty far away from Alaska. You know, there's probably no chance that he's gonna go to alaska like who who knows i'm just like blowing it off it just doesn't make any sense to me yeah well it doesn't make sense it's never going to make sense and that's what we're up against how do you feel about joe running again though well i mean he's, he's already the oldest president he is we've ever had yes in all of history if he gets the nomination i'll support him I mean, in Pennsylvania, it doesn't matter. We really don't get the opportunity to vote in the primary and have it matter or mean anything. And I do dislike that the primary dates across the country are different because 
it doesn't really give states like ours much of a chance when it comes to who runs for president. We, we do you have think another choice on the anyone ballot. will challenge him? Do you think anyone will be out? I don't know. I don't know. He has been very effective. I mean, he's been one of the most effective presidents we've ever had. Right. And that's not just me saying that as a Democrat. That's just the truth. And we're going to see a lot more over the next two years because it's going to be his budget taking effect. It's going to be his policies right. taking effect. And if if you look at polls, however, which, you know, do we trust polls or not? Who knows anymore? But his approval to run again is very low. Well, his approval rating is very low, but approval rating and politics aren't necessarily the same thing as we saw in this midterm. I guess we'll see. We'll see. I am looking forward to exploring this over the next couple of years. It'll be fun to talk about, I'm sure. It will be. Let's turn back and we'll, we'll talk about that campaign a little bit. Is there anything, any grievances you want to air? Or is there any <laughs> <laughs> anything that jumps right out at you about it? I am a little disappointed, I think, in the number of people who wished me luck. I truly believe that far too many people have given up on our area. Right, you mean wished you luck, but like weren't willing to right. help you out in any way. Just like, oh, right. good luck to you. See you later. We'll see how you do. Right. I wish that there had been more people who were willing to jump in and get to work and not worry about the odds or the results, because that is really the thing that held me back more than anything. But... You know, I want to be able to talk about the issues that I laid the groundwork to talk about. Because for me, it wasn't about a single election. It wasn't about a single issue. For me, the reality is that this region is dying. And there is no one thinking strategically. There is no one considering economic outcomes. There is no one who is preparing for our future, our children's futures. And the opportunity out here just continues to dwindle. Yeah, it makes a great place to move your family to, (laughs) bring your children. Well, you know, I'm an optimist, and I had hope, and I love this region. you got to keep that hope, you know? And it's hard to. It is really hard. It's hard to think that 20 years from now, this is where our children are going to come home for the holidays, because... You know, I don't know how much longer we can stay in a region where as people leave and as people die, there is less and less opportunity for our children. And that's not a statement that I want to make, but it's a statement of almost desperation. For me, it was never political to talk about these issues because these are facts. These are realities. That's not a a political position. And it is really frustrating at times when people would say, well, what are you going to do about it? The reality is that there's no, well, I'm going to do this, and they'd say, oh, I'm going to be better. It really does take a, a strategic plan and not just somebody going out to Harrisburg and saying yay or nay. And that's what we're missing, and that's what we've been missing for a very long time. You know, we have generational problems. We have so many issues that need to be addressed in order for this to be a place that our families can survive. 
And continuing that conversation and raising these red flags for what's coming. Because it's not just about opinion. It's not just, oh, I think this or I feel this. It's about what's coming. It's about addressing these generational issues. It's about addressing the systemic poverty and the endemic poverty. And making certain that we have a community as our older generations continue to pass. And making certain that they're not just passing away, but passing on their knowledge and their love to the next generations. We're not doing that. It's taking a very different tone shift here. Mm, indeed. But you know, these are things that I want to talk about, and this is why I decided to start this media company. I want to be able to have conversations that are not just democratic. I want to be able to have conversations that are not just political, but to really start to solve the issues and to start to put them in a light that people can understand and grab a hold of and take part in addressing together. So I started the Sydney Hovis Media Company in doing this, I want this to really be something that we can highlight the issues, but that we can also have fun with and grow with. And I didn't think that I could do that from under a political umbrella or from within a, a political committee. That's where I'm headed with this. And that's why I'm so excited about this. And this is something that I'm passionate about, not just talking about one thing, but just talking, talking through these things, talking to people, whether that's me and you at this table, talking about our children and highlighting the realities of life out here, or talking to people along a campaign for a state senate, or talking to people on the radio, or talking to people who are out there putting in the work every day to make our communities a better place. And that's the goal of the Sydney Ovis Media Company. I feel like that's a good end to, to this. Yeah. So if you feel the same way too, if you feel hopeful and optimistic, but not sure what to do with it, then I would ask anyone listening to please go subscribe and join me every week as we explore these issues and these topics and these conversations. Until we meet again. What is that? What is that from? Until we meet again. What is that from? Until we meet again. What is that? Is that Coco? I don't know. No, it's not. I don't think it's Coco. The fuck is that? I don't know. It's something. It's going to fucking bother me. Thank you for listening to the first episode of This Morning with Her Having Coffee. Talk to you soon.